It is Tuesday, March 30th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the 15th Quick Hit Pod in our Dynasty Prospects Scouting Report series. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And you can now find 20 Dynasty Rookie Scouting Reports on DraftSharks.com. Every single one of them is free to read, and they will keep coming right up until the NFL Draft. You can check out every one of these accompanying podcasts by subscribing to the Draft Sharks YouTube channel, as well as any of our podcast feeds. Today, we are looking at the first of two UNC running backs that will be hitting back-to-back. Javante Williams is first up. Jared, give me some background on Javante Williams. It was actually a uh, linebacker early in his high school career, moved to running back as a high school senior, had had a massive final high school season, uh, enrolled at UNC, was a freshman in 2018, played that year behind both Michael Carter, who we'll talk about here, you know, is going to be a fellow draft pick in in this spring's draft, and Antonio Williams uh, was on that squad who went undrafted last year, got on the field for the Bills uh, in week 17 last year, you might remember, but you know, not a big time NFL prospect. Had a monster week 17 though. Had a monster week 17, exactly. I know uh, Adam Krautwurst was, was a big fan, was, was trying to tell us <laughs> he, he was their best running back. In 2019, it was you know both Carter and Javante Williams basically splitting the work down the middle. Uh, they were both super efficient. Williams averaged 5.6 yards per carry on his 166 attempts. Also caught 17 passes that year, averaged 10.4 yards per catch. Uh, And then this past year, again, Williams and Carter basically split work down the middle. Uh, Both of them were even more efficient. 7.3 yards per carry for Javante Williams on 157 attempts, gave him 1,140 rushing yards, scored 19 rushing touchdowns for the Tar Heels, and then also set uh, new career highs across the board in the passing game with 25 catches, 305 yards, and three touchdowns. Yeah, it's always tough to know what to make of a guy who splits backfield time with somebody else and doesn't work ahead of him. But I think this is more like Naheem Hines and Jalen Samuels, where they're both going to get drafted in decent spots, than it is Kalen Balaj and Demario Richard, where it's a warning flag that the guy's mm-hmm. not good enough. An impressive, impressive statistical profile from Javante Williams, for sure. It actually matches up quite well with Zach Moss's of last year. And I don't know, Jared, if you want to run through some of the PFF numbers that make these guys similar. By PFF metrics, Williams was probably the best runner in college football last season. He was better than Najee Harris and Travis Etienne and all this PFF stuff. Among 238 qualifying running backs last season, Williams first in PFF rushing grade. He was second in missed tackles force per attempt, 10th in yards after contact per attempt. And I kind of like that, you know, we have Michael Carter to compare to Javante Williams. I mean, again, they, they basically went toe to toe over the past two years, but Carter was a junior and senior those two years. Williams was, you know, a sophomore and junior Williams, not even 21 years old yet. So he's entering as a young prospect, you know, that usually means more room for growth than, you know, someone like Carter or someone even like Najee Harris. So Williams posted the huge rushing grade, according to Pro Football Focus, a stellar elusive rating. Moss also did those things, was also over 90, 91.7. So didn't quite reach the 95.9 that Williams got in rushing grade. Also not quite as high in elusive rating. But like Williams this year, Moss led last year's um, draft class at running back in elusive rating, posted a, a spectacular number well ahead of Jonathan Taylor even. He led that class in yards after contact per attempt, 4.45, a half yard ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Moss is an inch, was an inch shorter 
I'm assuming he still is, but also thicker than Javante Williams. Both of these guys ran disappointing 40s. Williams's was just yesterday. There are plenty of Twitter crusaders and film scouts who love to tell you how little they care about 40 times, but it obviously matters to some degree. If it didn't, then we wouldn't see NFL coaches at the combine hand-timing 40s and speed score wouldn't be a thing. So I, I wouldn't dispel the 40 time completely. It's certainly quite possible to overrate it. So the Javante Williams versus Zach Moss thing, I, I'm not sure yet whether that means we should have some pause in evaluating Javante Williams or whether we should be giving Zach Moss a more serious look in year two in the NFL. I think we'll get more into that, but it's worth, I think, comparing him to Zach Moss, who was a third-round pick last year, just for some context. The missing piece for Williams, of course, is that draft landing, draft capital, uh, the landing spot the particular backfield is in. For now, though, before we get further into that, Jared, let's look to the film and see what he's going to bring to whichever team does draft him. And you mentioned that 40 time, you know, if somewhere in the mid to high four or fives, you know, not a disaster at 212 pounds. I think it matches the tape though. He, you know, he's not going to bust off long plays. I mean, he's a power runner. He looks like a lead back in the league. I mean, you know, he, he is stoutly built plays big and he, he's a power back, but he has surprising agility, surprising burst. I've seen Nick Chubb comps for Javante Williams. And I don't know. I thought they were crazy before I studied him. I still think they're lofty, but I definitely see the comparison. Like they're both bigger guys who move better than you expect. I do think, you know, Chubb has that long speed where he can break off, you know, 50, 60 yard runs. I don't think Williams is going to do that in the NFL. You know, they're going to be 20 yard runs for him. Um, but again, they're, they're, they're similar players. And again, I think Williams is built to handle a you know sizable workload at the next level. See, that's where I think Javante Williams might be getting a little bit too much hype because Nick Chubb was a special player at Georgia, especially before the injury, but still got back to that level after the injury. He's also bigger, I believe. I'm trying to look up his weight just to make sure that I'm right about that. But yeah, 227 for Nick Chubb heading into his draft, which is 15 pounds more than what Javante Williams weighed in at yesterday. Tough to know for sure what he played at, but I, I'm not sure that Javante Williams is as big as his game might have suggested last year. Definitely power is the primary selling point here. You do not want to be the guy in front of Javante Williams in the open field. There's also an impressive balance through contact. I mean, it's not just lowering his shoulder and knocking people backwards. He is not going to get taken down by too many leg tackles. He can run through those. He can jump over them as well. There's impressive agility. He put up a strong three-cone drill time, sub seven seconds at the North Carolina Pro Day. So again, not just a power back. He looks fine as a receiver. I wouldn't call it a selling point for Williams versus the other top backs in this class. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, even Kenneth Gainwell, I think all showed more as receivers so far. It doesn't necessarily mean Williams doesn't have it. We just haven't seen it as much. I also think it's not a negative. I would say the receiving for Javante Williams is probably around the level where it was for John Jonathan Taylor last year, where you might like to see more but it's not necessarily a drawback that should knock him down the draft. By comparison, by the way, Zach Moss had shown more as a receiver and a pass protector at this time. My comp, I think, is like Mark Ingram, Frank Gore type. And that's not a knock on him because either of those careers would be excellent. I just think that I don't know about the receiving. We'll see what his NFL team thinks about the receiving. And I'm not sure that the size is going to play quite as much in the NFL as it did in college for him. 
Yeah, I'd say you know, he's, he definitely, at least in North Carolina, wasn't a difference maker in the passing game. I thought he looked comfortable, though. Like I saw a couple plays in that Miami game, his last game in college, um, where he, he he went down to you know scoop low passes off the turf. So I think he has good hands. I think he's good enough in pass protection. Again, I think he can be a three-down back. The weight thing's interesting. You know, North Carolina listed him at 220, and then, like you said, he was 212 at his pro day. I wonder if he just, you know, cut some weight to try to time better in those drills. It'd be interesting to see what he decides to play at. That, that pro day, by the way, though, was – overall a strong work i know people were mm-hmm. underwhelmed with the 40 time it was you know probably a bit slower than we wanted to see but he was 73rd percentile in the vert 83rd percentile in the broad 90th percentile in the short shuttle and 65th percentile in the three cones it, it was a strong overall showing yes and those are categories where he beat mark ingram where he beat zach moss so i do think that there's more athleticism upside the fantasy outlook. So we're talking about the 40 time and maybe it matters even less to the NFL at this point. Just last year, we saw Clyde Edwards Elaire run a four six at the scouting combine. Then he was the first running back off the board at the end of round one. So maybe Javante Williams's time is fine. Maybe he did enough to show the NFL what they want to see. Um, but again, I wonder if the, the size doesn't play quite as well in the pros. We'll see. And I think a lot of that will come down to exactly where he goes in the draft, whether he is early round two, late round two, round three. I mean, there are people projecting him all the way into round one. I don't see that. I don't think Javante Williams is that kind of player. And for fantasy purposes, I'll take Travis Etienne, Najee Harris definitely over him and probably Kenneth Gainwell. But that's going to, I think, come down to where these guys go on draft day. I think it's within the realm of possibility that Williams ends up as the best back in this class I wouldn't bet on it this point the the situation kind of reminds me of Rashad Penny versus Nick Chubb actually funny enough and Sonny Michelle I think that was 2000 the 2018 class um, where you know Chubb and Michelle were like these long-standing studs where we knew knew like two years in advance they were going to be you know high-end prospects and then Penny kind of came out of nowhere during that final college season and you know throughout the draft process and ended up being you know picked before Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. I think, you know, that ended up being a mistake, definitely on the Chubb side. And even Sonny Michelle, I think, has, you know, been better in the NFL so far than Rashad Penny. So, you know, that, that's kind of what it reminds me of. I just think Etienne and, and Harris have longer track records of, you know, production at the college level for, you know, bigger name programs. So I I, I still lean towards those guys. The, the interesting thing with Williams, I mean, again, he isn't even 21 years old yet. Najee Harris already 23, Travis Etienne already 22. So, Williams ha- has age on his side, you know, whether that means he has a longer NFL career or just that he has, you know, more room for growth than guys like Etienne and Harris. Yeah. I think that matters more for wide receivers at this point than running backs who, whether they're starting at 21 or 23, aren't likely to make it beyond that first contract anymore and be strong contributors for us or their NFL teams. Yeah, that's fair. Um, another thing too, is I just think Harrison and Etienne have better pass catching resumes. I think they're, they're better bets to be, big time fantasy assets in their passing games where Williams you know, might top out as someone who catches like 30, 35 passes a season. That's the key for me right now. If we had a season where there were like 40 receptions for Javante Williams, or he spent a lot of time lining up out wide and making catches downfield, then he might be a little bit higher for me right now. I think he's probably going to wind up fourth behind those three guys with Gainwell being my third, but again, we'll see where these land. Certainly not anything final yet. And still a few more guys to go through before settling on that. Check out DraftSharks.com for Kevin's full scouting report on Javante Williams, including the run against Miami that you're going to want to see if you haven't yet. It's out there, and you might have seen it, but if you haven't, you're going to want to see it. 
Um, that's definitely it's. I'm surprised that it didn't really come up between us on this show, but it's worth watching. While you're there, check out the 19 other prospect scouting reports that we've already posted. Check back for more to come over the next month. As I've mentioned, the prospect scouting reports are free to read, but you should lock in your DS Insider access so that you can see where all of these guys land in our dynasty rankings, as well as accessing our 2021 redraft rankings and the MVP draft board. Those are already live, ready to help you with your best ball drafting. And of course, once we get beyond best ball drafting as well, you can also find us on Twitter. We are at Draft Sharks. Jared is at Smola DS. I am at Shauf DS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.